Okay. Yeah. So like, I don't even, I <laughs> literally, you're going to have to help me because I don't, half the time I had no idea what I was writing down. I was like, who is this? What? <laughs> when did this come into the story? Did I miss this? Did I miss something? What is going on? That was my entire my entire mindset as I was writing this summary. So uh, it is absolutely 100% not going to make any sense. And mm. I'm scared. Well, I was going to rely on you for the details because I'm damn also it. not clear. God damn it. <laughs> oh, um, there's just so okay. So most of it in general, I think I have a loose grasp on. But there are some details that I'm just like, beats me man like <laughs> does wikipedia have a summary can we just read that and maybe call it maybe good? maybe let me see let me see let me i'm see. kidding i'm kidding um oh i'm not i'm not <laughs> the thing so when i i did search for like a written walkthrough and i couldn't find one um mm. you said argo Fump has one though but argo Fump has a as a video walkthrough which was gotcha. extremely helpful so I'm thank sure. you very much argo Fump. um because i was struggling it was a struggle bus situation <laughs> it was really a struggle i ended up finding there was a few things where i was like i don't want to watch the walkthrough because i don't want it spoiled so i'll just google this specific <laughs> question and then i would google it and there would be forums and people would just be arguing in the forums because no one knew <laughs> what to do well, this is just a review. So I, or Adventure Gamers has a review of it. So not really a summary. I can't really find a good summary. How is their review? Is it a positive one? No, it was two stars. Oh, oh no. It definitely was not. There's not. Okay. Oh my goodness. Oh, well. I guess we'll have to struggle through. <laughs> Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. So yeah, hello Regular Drews, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Doing something a little different today for, yeah. what is this, episode uh-huh. 34, right? Oh, goodness. Yeah, you're right, 34. Yeah, that's correct. Wow. Yeah, we are going to be discussing Nancy Drew, the mystery of the Cluebender Society. This is our first <laughs> diversion from the her interactive PC games <laughs> into a Majesco game, and actually, actually a Nintendo DS game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it couldn't be a bigger <laughs> departure from what we're used to with the Her Interactive oh, games. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know what I expected because I've only ever played one other DS game. Like, I only just mm. got a DS for the first time ever. Oh, like at all? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I'd, gotcha. I'd never played one before, so I bought one specifically for these games. Really, I see. If you can believe it, they're pretty cheap to come by nowadays yeah. um, compared to what it was in, like, 2008, you know. So I bought one, and the only <laughs> other game I've played so far is um, The Hardy Boys Treasure on the Tracks, which Her Interactive was involved in making, so... Right. That was that was pretty good. So this this was very different, very different from what I expected as well. Read so, bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, even just like controlling it and like moving Nancy, yeah. like I didn't know how to like make her run. Like mm. like I was telling you earlier, I didn't, you know, oh. she was just slow walking. Took and then me I found forever <laughs> to figure out yeah, how same. to make her run. I should have thought to tell you, but I didn't, it didn't even cross my yeah, mind at no, that point because okay. I was so like over it. It no, didn't I mean... even occur to me that you could make her run because I'm yeah. just not used to it. Yeah. You know, well, so. well, how would you know? How would you know? Right. No, even if you had played other DS games or uh, yeah, you, there's no you. You wouldn't know that. Right. There's no way to know that. It it wouldn't have been so necessary if the map wasn't so freaking big oh and confusing. God. Oh my god! And like, <laughs> just takes just just. Oh, sorry, I'm no, I'm fine. already like working myself up. That's no, okay. So, so I'm trying to like calm myself down before we we even really get into it. Mm. So yeah, no, just yeah. How would how would you know? You would never know. What's your experience with the DS games? Not just this Nancy Drew right. games, but just DS. I've played a few. I think I think the only game I've played, though, that's similar would be, like, the Professor Layton games. I don't know if you've ever heard of those. I have not. Um, they're, like, puzzle games, and they're fun. They're really good. Hmm. Um, but definitely nothing like this it's about like this he's a detective named professor layton and he goes around you know different places solving a bunch of puzzles and the puzzles are like hard they're like serious not like this game (laughs) not like this game at all (laughs) like adult for real puzzles but it's not i mean it's not necessarily an adult game it's just a challenging game um because puzzles are a point of it yeah okay gotcha well that's good that sounds fun yeah, no, they are really fun, and actually, I might let you borrow it if you go down because you might really like it. <laughs> now well, that, that I think cool. about it, and now that you have a DS, yeah. So, yeah, but no, yeah, I haven't really played anything other than like I guess like Mario Kart or whatever oh, else okay. on the yeah. DS. So nothing, nothing really similar um, to this kind of game. But honestly, I think after this game, I'm I'm filled up. Gotcha. On, on this type of DS <laughs> game. Well, this is not the only company that's made DS games. I think I think the other company is called THQ, um, and I don't I don't remember if they were before or after this company that did it. So I'm I'm curious to know if those are similar or if they're completely different and just have Nancy on the title. Really, I'm not sure. I thought I could have sworn it was only this and her interactive, but maybe I'm misremembering from our. There are four total Nancy Drew DS games. There is this company, Majesco, made the Cluebender Society and the Deadly Secret of Old World Park. THQ, I believe, was the Model Mysteries and the Hidden Staircase. Mm, so I, I only see. have those two by Majesco because I bought both those and the Hardy Boys one. But oh, yeah, the Hardy Boys one was actually pretty good. I had a, a pretty good opinion of that. What you were saying yeah. about the map. 1000% true. At first I was like, "Oh, this is good because the Hardy Boys one it yeah. takes place on a train." So and it's like first person point of view, so you don't like see the Hardy Boys the way you see mm-hmm. Nancy in the screen. You're just like clicking around and sure. moving backwards and forwards through the train cars. And that's pretty much it. So the map, it's a good size, but it's not massive. And at first I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is a really big map." And then like 10 other locations got introduced and then 10 more yeah. and then six mazes. And it's like, this is oh ridiculous. I can't even get to where I need to be within an hour because it just takes so much time of moving and making Nancy yeah. run around. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and honestly it was just so confusing to navigate. Also took me forever to figure out that there was a map. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know yeah. if you found that one, Corey, but I was like, Oh my God, 
this this would have changed my first two hours of playthrough mm-hmm. had I realized there was a freaking map. Yeah. Um, it's a lesson to explore your menus, people. But yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, so many different rooms. But I think... So many. Uh, it's honestly, it's just so disappointing though. Because yeah, at first I was really excited. I was like, oh my gosh, like... I get to explore so much fun, right? Yeah. That's, that's so much of a, a major highlight of like games or whatever. But there wasn't really the exploration. Just because you could go into rooms didn't mean that you could explore right. the rooms. Because really there is only like sometimes one thing to, to click in the room. And then mm-hmm. as soon as you did that, that's it and you, you never go back that in that room, room ever again mm-hmm. um and you couldn't even really like look at everything in the room like you could get like just the general layout and I guess like the type of room that it was like oh this is a bedroom but like right. I don't know whose bedroom it is and I don't know why all this stuff is in here and what is the purpose or you know like it's just yeah and that's annoying too because in some of the there's there's a little bit of a task list. It's very vague, but some of them were like, go to so-and-so's room. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know whose bedroom this is. Where? Like, how yeah. do I know? I'm going to go to all the bedrooms and that's going to take me yeah. literally two hours to just There's do like all that walking. Where you get a call from Rachel or whatever. And she's like, come to the East wing. I'm like, which uh, way is East? There's where? no compass in this where? game. <laughs> How am I supposed to know that? Like, there's no labels. Like, there's not a plaque that says the East Wing somewhere. Like, it's just a maze. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Disappointing. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, honestly, I think the thing that... I, I think I could get over that if there was some, like, any kind of cohesion to the story at all. But really, it... It is like a fever dream yeah. of a plot. Uh, it honestly felt like I had like taken some kind of drug. Oh no! And was just just dreaming up this Nancy Drew scenario <laughs> because there there's just no other there's just no other way to explain some of this stuff <laughs> other than like oh someone was high yeah. when they wrote this. <laughs> Someone must have been high because what? Our three um, words today are just letters and they are L, S, and D. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Oh, sorry, I mean, that was bad. I do, no, I do feel like if I had been high while I was playing it, it would have improved my experience of the game. That is not, not a good review of it. <laughs> You cannot be sober to enjoy this game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I will say a positive I will give this game. It made me laugh out loud at certain points. Okay, well, that's... Um, But not out of, like, this is supposed to be funny. But, Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is hilarious in a bad way. In a bad way. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for that kind of laugh, go for it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a pleasurable way to spend your afternoon, uh, I would look past it, you know? Yeah. It's just so, it's just just was so (sighs) draining to play. Mm -hmm. I felt like, ugh, I play through one scene. I don't even want to do the next thing. Just shut it and I'll come back and do it later, you know? Like, that's how it felt. And that's an awful thing to feel when you're playing a game. Yeah. You want to be excited about what's coming next. But if I, I had to, oh. 
the freaking doors, Corey, the freaking oh locked doors and having to go back and look and see what's on each of the doors and then walk all the way back upstairs to mm-hmm. enter the little things on the little machine so that that specific door would unlock. But as soon as that door unlocks, the other door that you had unlocked is now locked again until you yeah. go back and you change it back. But you can't because you don't remember what that what was on that door. So you got to go back to that door and look at that door and then go mm-hmm. back to the... Oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's so long for what it is. And you have to, mm-hmm. like, for how easy the puzzles are, I shouldn't have this many notes for, like, the, <laughs> the symbols and all. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. Well, the okay, let's talk about... I'm sorry, we're, like, jumping into the deep end here. But, like, let's talk about the puzzles for a second. Because I think that is a very generous term for oh, what... puzzles? Yeah. They're not puzzles. They're not. The what about them is a, a puzzle. I mean, we have there's Pachinko. Plinko. Yeah. You have to play Plinko. <laughs> Is that Plinko or Pachinko? I don't know. I don't know. I tried to Google it and it didn't come up with anything. <laughs> Plinko is a recording artist. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, it's the. Okay. So Plinko is what they play on the prices, right? Oh. Try saying okay. that five times fast. Plinko is what they play on the price of prices, right? <laughs> I think Plinko. I'm just too used to playing Shadow at the Water's Edge, where you do have pachinko, but that is a different game. Pachinko is a drama series. Pachinko versus Plinko. Okay, so Plinko is a game that's typically found in casinos. Pachinko is a Japanese game that's very similar to Plinko. Oh, well, there you go. So there we go. It's just the Japanese <laughs> version of Plinko. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. So we were both right. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, puzzles. I, yeah, no, I mean, like, they're not, they're absolutely not puzzles. I don't know what you would call them, but it's not puzzles. It's not. Or like the drum one, where all you do is just spin your little stylus spin in a th- circle. <sighs> you just, you just draw circles on your screen and then that's the puzzle. Although I will say it was hilarious watching Argo Fump try to get it. Really? <laughs> because he took forever. He couldn't figure it out. Oh. Um, just to get that little just, thing on the right. It took. Spot. Yeah. Oh. He. I think he didn't think that like you were supposed to keep it in the middle. He didn't realize that oh, until okay. like later. He had to have his wife come over and do it. Oh. <laughs> um. But but anyway. That's the most yeah. challenging one, though. Just spin Literally. it in a circle. <laughs> Literally. Well, that and trying to figure out how to unlock the stupid box and stuff. That that stuff took me a while, but only because I didn't know what I was supposed to be referencing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And the inventory was so annoying mm-hmm. to look at. Yeah. Like, every time you wanted to see, what is that weird shape that's sitting there in my inventory. You have to click on it. Nancy's going to say something about it. Then you have to like click and then click to like mm-hmm. back out again. So like I can't see everything on there. So I have to scroll through five times to yeah. try to find the specific piece of paper that I'm looking for. And oh, so annoying. They should have made so, it in a different so format. Like the conversations were in like little grids. Just have it in a little grid. And then you or, can just pick it up. Just get rid of the stuff that you no longer need in there. Oh, yeah. Because after we use the tuning forks, never need them again. After you use the drums, never need them again. After you use the gears, never need them again. Actually, I think they did take the gears out. But, like, oh, they yeah. just my inventory got so long that I was like, 
just clicking the thing to just to get to one specific. So annoying. Mm -hmm. So annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Three words. Three words. Wow. I guess. Um. <laughs> I um. I I see your note that you put in the summary here, and I'm just gonna say Barbie because yes. it <laughs> feels so Detective Barbie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent Detective well, Barbie. So yeah, I would also say sexism. Mm. Um, that's a good major one. point in the game, mm -hmm. just like major. Yep. Um, and <sighs> secret societies, maybe. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sexist secret society, Barbie. That's <laughs> three words. <laughs> Are you oh, guys boy. still listening? Are you going to yeah, stick around for not. the summary? <laughs> probably not. Although you guys. Like, truly, this is wild. And I was about to say you can't make this shit up, but somebody did. Somebody so, did. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, you want to get into it, Corey? Sure. We have to sometime. <laughs> That's true. We do. Okay. So the game starts. Oh, it is, I guess, important to kind of know that this is not the first game in this series. I think this is the second one, like you said. So there is, there is a character in here that we are already acquainted with. And that's how we start the game is that we're going to into this cafe to meet with this character that we already know named Sergeant Kim. It is, we did kind of touch on this a little bit before too, but we do actually see Nancy in this game. Um, we do see, actually the art is, is not terrible. Yeah. The art's okay. For, I mean, for that tiny little screen, they right. fit a lot in there, so. Yeah, it is all 2D animated, but it's cute. Um, <laughs> Nancy, though, is 100% is a, a Detective Barbie in that she's got literally like waist length, long blonde hair, mm -hmm. massive blue eyes um and just as like you know blonde haired blue eyed uh girl as you could possibly imagine um which did irritate me a little bit mm -hmm. have to say but anyway we go into this cafe to meet sergeant joanna kim um she is meeting with us on her way out of town to town to give us something called a fingerprint scanalyzer um so right off the bat, we're starting with, um, you know, fake things that don't really exist. Right. Um, fake technology. <laughs> um, and she gives us a tutorial on how to use it. Basically, it just scans and logs people's fingerprints. And she tells us that she'll see us later um, because we are going out of town. And Nancy kind of corrects her and says, oh, I'm not going anywhere. You mean you're going out of town? And she's like, oh, right. Sorry. Slip of the tongue. Hmm. Hmm. That's our first mystery, right? Right. <laughs> um, and then Nancy announces that she's lost her cell phone. So we have to go back to the Drew home to look for it. When we go there and we find it, we find it in Nancy's room along with a letter addressed to Nancy from the Clue Bender Society. It says that Nancy has been nominated for membership in this group. And the letter says that membership is extremely selective and that this is a one-time offer only. So if she is interested, she has to take this ferry uh, that leaves in seven days. And this letter is signed by like a mysterious, no-named Mr. W mm. character. Yeah. This feels like a lot of setup. I feel like we were in the Drew home for a long time just for yeah. it to not really have any bearing on the plot. I know they have to set up like how she gets invited and how all this starts, but 
I spent a good I don't hour know what they do. like just doing the intro stuff. Yeah. yeah, she could just I, get I, the letter, you know? She, she could have just been on the ferry and told us, like, I got this letter five days ago from the Cluebender Society, and now I'm on my way yeah. to the mansion. <laughs> That's going to be it. Yeah, you get, like, an hour into it, and you're like, are there suspects? Is there a mystery? Of a, like like yeah. we said, and the map is so big, they just add that cafe and the Drew home to it. Just, what? to show up Why? i don't know yeah Why? it just felt unnecessary not that i don't mm-hmm. appreciate seeing the drew home and getting bess mm-hmm. and carson mm-hmm. but yes and ned well ned's there but i don't i'm not glad to get ned <laughs> <laughs> um so when we do get home we talk to carson about this letter that we've received and he says that he actually remembers learning about this Kalubender society in a history class um and he like <laughs> what history class is teaching about secret societies (laughs) in law school i don't know (laughs) how are how are they still secret societies but whatever this is a society supposedly full of the world's best detectives um but again it's a secret (laughs) and no one could ever confirm that it exists or that any of its members are members whatever uh but he's like yeah if you want to do it go for it should be fine right but you make sure to take that newfangled cell phone with you young lady don't you lose it i've spent so much money on that take it with you because it's 2008 y'all it's fine but (laughs) i will say there was a really cute thing that happened in this um spot that i really like tugged at my heartstrings or whatever nancy's like dad do you think i got this letter by mistake and he was like absolutely not like i I don't doubt it for a second you know and it's just like Because he would never doubt Nancy for a second. Never doubt Nancy. It was just just really sweet. Oh, so supportive. um, So, yes, Nancy obviously is going to accept this invitation. And seven days later, we are supposed to leave to go to this ferry ride. And Ned gives us a ride over there. Um, Apparently, he's working on an entomology project this weekend. (laughs) Where did he say he was going? Was he going out of town as well? I don't remember. I think, yeah, a little bit, like, to some, like, woods or something somewhere. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Or, like, some swamp or something. (laughs) But in true Nancy fashion, she was supposed to go help him with this, but now she's bailed because she has to go to the Cluebender Society. I do think it's hilarious that even in this iteration of Nancy Drew, in this world of Nancy Drew, she still flakes out on Ned. <laughs> like, that's just classic. Yes. It's too classic. Um, but as soon as we get to the ferry, we're handed a key to our quote-unquote first task. We have a puzzle box that we have to solve in order to make it to the Voltaire Manor on time. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to be eliminated from this. Is it now a competition? I'm not sure. I guess so. Is everyone up for initiation? Or is there only one <laughs> slot? It's not explained. Um, but yeah, so we have to play a little Plinko puzzle. And then we open this box and we get a snowmobile key, um, which we will then use to ride a snowmobile over to the mansion or the manor or whatever they call it. Yeah. It took me forever to figure out the Plinko game, too, because they don't give you any instructions nope. in these uh, little mini games at all. Um, not that it really matters, um, because you can do it as many times as you want to. So it's like eventually you'll figure it out. But like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I did figure it out. I think <laughs> I don't know. I think my stylus wasn't working because I was trying to click on things and just nothing would happen. And eventually I won. But by chance, not by <laughs> me doing anything. <laughs> 
you're supposed to like click and drag so the balls are different colored mm-hmm. when they when they drop down you're supposed to click and drag the little oh you can drag them i think yeah oh that, yeah. see they need to put instructions on these exactly no exactly <laughs> i wouldn't have known that if i hadn't looked up the walkthrough because i had no i literally i was like what am i doing wrong what yeah. am i supposed to be doing here i don't get it <laughs> um so yeah uh, but so, yeah, we arrive at this island with our snowmobile key, and there are three other people there for us to talk to. We meet a Rachel Hunt, who is basically characterized as, like, this sorority girl type. She asks us if we're, like, rushing for this thing, too. Um, <laughs> and uh, But she doesn't seem to know what we're talking about when we mention getting a letter, which I thought was weird, but that's also never mentioned again, so I don't know if that's relevant or not. They they sort of mention it again at the end, but not okay. in a way that makes any sense. Sorry, go right. on. <laughs> um, she also can't figure out how to get her box open. She's struggling with that. Um, we also meet. Here we go. Are you ready for this? No, Gregorio Alejandro Torres, who asks us to call him Greg. Okay, Hi. why did you introduce yourself with your full three names if you just want us to call you Greg? Greg, we meet Greg, and he did receive a letter, but that's literally all we can speak to him about. Like, we can't be like, hi, I'm Nance Drew. Who are you? It's just like, I'm Gregorio Alejandro Torres. Yeah, I got a letter. Like, literally, that's the conversation. Call me Greg. Um, And then there's also the guy who gave us the key, who honestly, I don't even remember anything about i don't remember who this man is i don't know that it's important i assumed he was like some butler type and i completely (laughs) block him out of my memory um he greets us and he tells us to get a move on to the manor if we don't want to get eliminated from this thing okay so we hop on a snowmobile drive up to the manor which is another mini game another unbelievably annoying mini game is driving this freaking snowmobile back and forth between the manor and town so we do that and then at the manor greg is there he's made it there i guess we speak to him again he tells us that our boyfriend is a lucky guy ew okay and we ask hey how did you know that we had a boyfriend and he goes you just told me um what an ass i mean like what Uh... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> this just makes me so tired, Corey. It makes me so tired. This episode is going to be awful. I'm already... <laughs> it doesn't help that I am like like a full glass of wine down at this point because I filled it up to here. Nice. Um, when I started... <laughs> I don't know. You might need a refill by the time we're done with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. So, so Greg... Greg is going to harass us throughout this entire game. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There's a note in here about a puzzle. I don't even remember what puzzle it was. Like, I just finished this game yesterday. It's literally not. It's like it, there's a poem. Like, it's like these lights on the door. And there's a poem that's like, oh, oh, the last two that. aren't lit up. It's like, okay, so light up I don't the middle light up two? the middle two. And that's literally it. Yep. That's it. That's the puzzle. <laughs> so yeah. I'm guessing the target audience is like four-year-olds. Does the package say? Ten and up. So no. 
This game is too advanced for its youngest suggested Oof. player. Um, anyway, so the front Oof. door is locked with this puzzle, whatever. But we get inside and we are greeted by this white-haired man with very interesting sideburns. Uh, he congratulates us on making it, making it this far and takes our letters from us. I should also say that when Ned is driving us to the ferry, he's like, oh, I took yep. your invitation letter and I wrote like a secret note inside, but you're not allowed to read it until after this is over. Um, and so when he take this guy takes the letter from Nancy, she's like, oh, but there was something on there that I wanted. And he's like, too bad. <laughs> Mine now. Um, but he takes us inside and we get introduced to some people and we learn that everyone here uses pseudonyms because this secret society obviously doesn't want its members having too many secrets out in the world. So we have Marlo, whose specialty is oral psychology. Oral? How do you? Oh, I can't pronounce oral, it. Oral. But like A-U-R-A-L. Oral puzzology, which is not a thing, <laughs> no. um, which is sound-based puzzles. Miss Love, <laughs> Love Day deals with iconic cryptography, which is hidden symbols and messages. Nero likes mechanical puzzles. Um, he also uses a wheelchair, which we mentioned because that is going to be important later. Um, and then there is uh, the person who, with the sideburn man, he is Mr. Wargrave. So Mr. <laughs> Mr. W himself, um, he likes his patterns. I'm just going to call him sideburn man from now on. No Wargrave, <laughs> just sideburn man. That's it's fine. It's true though, his, his sideburns are amazing. They Truly are. Yeah. amazing. They're very good. And I... <laughs> didn't know his name until i saw you write it down here so it, <laughs> the names are important don't worry about them no it's well, fine. i mean you never speak to those people so it doesn't even matter yeah you literally never have to speak to them i mean you speak to them like once but like that's it yeah in the yeah. end like big reveal because <laughs> you have to uh, but we also learned that the society actually recently lost a member whose name was dr armstrong um, and they are doing this to you know, refill his spot in the society. Um, and somewhere inside this, this mansion is the clue benders tome. Am I saying that one correctly? Mm-hmm. There's no sound in this game guys, by the way, there is music. <laughs> Just this music. most annoying background music mm-hmm. that made me, that gave me a headache. <laughs> yeah. But no dialogue or anything. Um, but we have to find this, or there's this clue benders tome and whoever finds it first wins the spot in the society. Um, and when we do find it, we're supposed to return it to Mr. Wargrave without opening it. That is the key there. So uh, basically we just need to explore this mansion to like look around, try to find this. And as you said before, there is quite a bit to explore. It's a very intensive map, but basically through following some clues and exploring quote unquote, solving some puzzles um, that aren't really puzzles. We find <laughs> these like tuning fork things to open a jukebox. And inside the jukebox, we find this clue tome box. So we rush this back over to Wargrave. Um, and he tells us, congratulations, you've won. And then he goes and opens the box. And when he does, he exclaims that the book is missing or the tome is missing. Um, so now we all have to search for this book right and wargrave wargrave or sideburn man gives us a key to most of the doors so like some of the doors before were locked we couldn't go into now we can explore even more of the mansion basically the entire upstairs now 
So we explore some more. Eventually, we find like a torn page with some symbols on it. If we show this to Sideburns, he tells us that this was torn from the tome. Um, and then somehow from finding this page, we're supposed to know that we have to go unlock this specific puzzle door in the main hall. I still don't know how we're supposed to know to do that. The only reason I knew how to do that um, was thanks to Argophone. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I was saying before, this is one of the biggest chores in the game is like going and unlocking these locked doors with the different symbols using the thing upstairs. Um but once we do unlock this door, we're able to get into, like, part of the library, and we find a gear in there, and then Rachel calls us. She tells us, come quick to the east wing, because she found something. So we rush over there. She shows us these watery footprints in the hall that, like, lead directly into a wall. So we're thinking, okay, is there, like, a hidden door right here or whatever? Mm -hmm. And upon closer inspection of the wall, we see this panel that is like has some gears in it but some of the gears are clearly missing so now we have to go throughout the mansion look for more gears by opening more of these locked doors that i think is supposed to be locked set up by mrs loveday yeah so <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> actually i did it myself yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh you take it? Sure. So You're once... like, no, but... <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> so once we collect all these gears, we have to do this super, super intense, difficult puzzle, which involves <laughs> placing the gears on the wall. And that's it. You just click and drag. <laughs> <clears throat> but then this opens up a secret passageway in the wall. Who would have known? Um, mm -hmm. So obviously this is how the culprit got in and out of the manor without being seen by any of the members. Obviously, Corey, right? This is so confusing to me. Since when do we think that the culprit had to get in and out of this manor without being seen by the others? I never understood why. Like, why did the culprit need a secret passageway? And I still don't really, because, especially considering the end. Yeah. What? Yeah. Why? Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the culprit really went another way to set that one up. Needlessly, right. you know. Well, but are they covering yeah. their bases or is it? Well, but it cracks uh, the case wide open too because of what happens later. Right. We'll have to talk about this. Okay. Well. Okay. But, <laughs> uh, but this does lead us outside to a hedge maze actually. Um, and there's fresh footprints over there. Um, so we're going to follow these footprints. Um, we actually find Marlo hiding in the center of the maze. And he says that he was hit over the head and asked if we got a good look at the guy who did it. And we're like, no, this guy. No, no, no. No. Well, oh, sorry. No, you're right. I'm sorry. But we do say that we've seen him. Yeah, we're like, no, he was wearing a cloak, but we haven't seen anyone. We didn't see anybody. Yeah. There was nobody. Know. We didn't see anybody. Nah. Who, do, who were we supposed to see? Well, we do have a cut scene where Nancy, like, steps outside once she opens up the secret passageway. She's like, wait, stop. But there's no one there. <laughs> like stop who like so we don't see anyone nancy supposedly mm -hmm. does but we're like no we didn't see who hit you over the head so we go back inside and we have a little conversation with everyone and we assume that okay yes the thief obviously has gotten this tome and booked it out of here but the fairy that gets us on and off this island will not arrive for another 24 hours so 
this person must still be on the island. So we have this, you know, 24 hour window where we can still have hope of finding the tome before they get too far. So, yeah. So we ask Sideburns what would happen if the secrets from the tome are leaked. <laughs> Hilarious. This is why I wrote this down. so funny. He tells us the last time the secrets from the tome were leaked was in 1666. And then the Great Fire of London happened. What? <laughs> I don't know. Sacred society? It's just a throwaway line, Corey. It literally doesn't, it has no impact on any of the rest of the game. It's not, it's just a throwout line. By the way, our secrets are so intense, they caused the Great Fire of London. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, so we're, I guess, going into town to try to find this thief person or whatever. So we take our snowmobile out. We run into somebody named Tommy. He lives in town. His dad owns a shop there. Um, We kind of talk to him a little bit. He does tell us that he recently found like this old coin thing in the coal piles by the lady statue in town. There's like this big statue of a lady. This is so (laughs) hard to explain. (laughs) And he gave that coin to his dad. So, okay. Also in town, we meet... Um, an older woman named Mrs. McGregor, she tells us that someone came running through her backyard on a snowmobile last night. Um, she didn't see who it was, but she did find a piece of metal with writing on it. She says that the person on the snowmobile was probably trying to take the trail that leads to the old Abernathy place that's right behind her house, but it's not passable right now because of the snow and it hasn't been plowed, so... Okay. We asked for the piece of metal that she found, but she told us that she put it on her cat's collar. Oh, this is the weirdest part of the game. I know. (laughs) So we go around looking for a cat named Sprinkles. And in her backyard, there are all these different headstones. And we had to like wipe the snow off it, which honestly was the most fun part of the game yeah. is wiping the snow off the headstones, which is strange. Yeah. Um, but so we wiped the snow off the headstones. We find a headstone with sprinkles written on it. So we're like, um, did this woman tie this metal piece to her cat and then bury her cat? Are we supposed uh-huh. to dig up her cat from yeah. this grave right now? That's where Nancy goes with it. <laughs> But if we go ask her about it, she'll tell us like, oh, no, no, that's Sprinkles 1. Sprinkles 2 is, is you know, wandering around town somewhere. So you got to go find them. Is it just me or is it weird to name a pet like a, like the same name as a previous pet? I can't imagine that. Maybe, mm. maybe if you're so, like, if you're old to the point where, like, you've had so many pets, it's just easier for you to remember. name them all the same name, just to remember, like I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's one thing with humans where you have like Bob and Bob Junior is his son, but this is just a cat and then another cat that you're just not even going to give it a unique name. Two. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little weird. I don't well, know. I do. Anyway. So I will say I do know someone who has two cats. One of them is named Greg. By the way, oh really? <laughs> And then she got a second cat and she named that cat Tiny Greg because they looked the same. But that was cute. And she just calls them Tiny. So it's Greg and Tiny. So it's. But they're both like alive at the same time. It's not like she tried to replace our (laughs) dearly departed Greg with a new Greg. You know, it's just Greg and Tiny. That's cute. I like that. 
I don't know. It feels disrespectful to the animal. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, no, anyway. I agree. I, well, I mean, I mean, I think from my perspective, like having loved animals, like getting a new animal after a previous animal has died is like a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. It's like you already feel guilt for like thinking like, oh, am I replacing them or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot of emotions tied up with that too. So to like really lean into it and be like, in fact, I'm going to name you the exact same name. <laughs> it's like, oh. You really are replacing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I get, I get it. Um, but so yeah, we don't have to grave rob the cat. Thank so, goodness. <laughs> thank God. We'll, we just have to go find Sprinkles in town somewhere. But also, so as we're wandering around town, we also meet James. This is the guy that has the snow plow, so he plows snow around town. Um, he tells us, yeah, he'll plow the path to the old Abernathy place if I can fix my snow plow it's kind of broken right now um, because he ran over a box this morning Um, we're like oh can we see it he's like sure here's the code to my garage okay so Mm -hmm. (laughs) we take this code we go to open his garage but as we go into the garage we see Greg like fleeing from the garage so we have to like chase after Greg stop him he does stop when he realizes that it's us he says he also went into this garage to see this box but when he was in there looking for the box he found something else and he shows us like part of a coin Mm. and he just gives it to us which i don't understand i i'm very confused as to whether or not we're supposed to be in competition with greg and rachel or if we're all working together um because if we are in competition why is he giving us this coin if we're all working together there is only one spot so why are we working together i don't know that's never explained either (laughs) nope (laughs) um Oh, God, yeah. He also tells us, because he was, like, startled when we came into the garage, he tells us, for such a beautiful girl, you can be pretty scary when you want to be. What does that mean? He he wanted an excuse to call us beautiful, and he wanted to tell us how terrifying we were so that we felt bad about it. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. We also can't explore the garage to go in and look for the box. We just get the coin because I guess we're not supposed to look at the box yet, but that's also not explained. (laughs) So, yeah. So if we go on to back, like into the main part of town, we can go into this shop that's on the main part of the street and we can talk to Tommy's dad. He tells us that there is this old poem called The Night, The Lady, and The River, and it's a tragic love story that everyone in town, like historically this entire town has been obsessed with this poem and has based their entire town around the themes in this poem. And I guess that's like what the lady statue is in the middle of town. Like it's a (laughs) reference to this poem. And then there's a lighthouse that also has something to do with it. Whatever. There's a poem. It's not that important. It's literally not. It literally doesn't matter at all. There's no, it doesn't, (laughs) doesn't influence anything. It doesn't help us figure out anything. Uh, yeah it really doesn't it really doesn't they try to like tie it into some things and it just doesn't they make it like a historical backstory and it doesn't make sense 
whatever. We're talking to Tommy's dad now, right? And he, uh, we, we were able to ask him about the coin that Tommy found. And he says that it's a princess coin, meaning that it's designed to break into three pieces. Why? Whatever. <laughs> but apparently sometimes secret societies use these for verifying identity. And he's found several on this island. Okay. It's never explained either. Yeah. <laughs> so we ask him for it and he says he'll trade it to us if we can give him some blue quartz. Um, so we have to go into the coal piles behind his garage and get quartz and then come back, trade it for the coin. And then, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we get, we get the blue quartz, but then now we have the, the problem with the other half of this coin or other another piece of this coin, a third of it is still with the cat sprinkles. So we had to get a fish and then go to a tree stump and lay the fish <laughs> on the tree stump and wait for sprinkles to come eat the fish. And then while sprinkles is distracted with the fish, we steal the we coin. Just, <laughs> we just grab the cat. Oh, God. Um, Oof. Yeah, so now we have all three pieces of this coin, and we can put it together, and there's, like, this little insert in this lady statue in the middle of town where the coin will fit together. Um, and then this will actually, like, I don't know, open up, or, like, something opens up in the ground. We're able to go underground, um, and this is, like a, like, a system of mazes, and I call it a maze, but it's really not that difficult. But there's there's a bunch of series of mazes mazes in this game so this is one of them um and then when we come out of the maze this is actually taking us back to the manor now and we're at like a horse statue that's <laughs> in the middle of this hedge maze by the manor um so clearly the thief has gotten away again through this tunnel maze system whatever do y'all follow me y'all with us uh, still i'm <laughs> not even following along and i played this game Corey. <laughs> So I can only imagine what this must be like to listen to. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's not your fault, Corey. You didn't write this. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, we realized that this passageway beneath this horse statue from the center of the maze must be how the thief got away. Um, as we come out of this maze into the middle of the hedge maze so as we come out of this maze into another maze but right. we've already been here before um we're confronted by someone who calls us pumpkin gross mm. again um it's marlo he's just kind of awful um and he's basically goes on and on about how like oh you know we must actually know more about this place than we let on because there's no way that we could crack these puzzles all on our little lonesome our little tiny female self. Um, we could never walk he... straight through a hedge maze. <laughs> um, and he tells us, you better, you know, come clean while you still have the chance. You know, basically like accusing us of being responsible for stealing this tome or whatever. Um, Nero, who also happens to be there, um, who I have to say, he calls him wheels. Marlo mm -hmm. calls Nero wheels. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. And it's just never, we don't ever address that. He just calls them wheels throughout the entire thing. So Nero tells him, like, hey, no, she's here because of her ability to solve puzzles. So I think she probably could solve this actually super simple hedge maze. Um, 
But yeah, Marlo says, fine, whatever. I have to go. I have to go get my kid a birthday present anyway. Um, but she started it. And I'm like, started what? what? We just showed we up literally, here. literally, we just got here and you just started yelling at us. Like, oh. calling us pumpkin. Ew. So upsetting. <laughs> so I don't know what that deal is about. And honestly, it's never explained. I, I don't get it. Um, his animosity towards us. But once he leaves, Nero will tell us that, oh, I guess it seems likely that whoever stole the book must have had help, I guess, because he, like, knew about the tunnels beforehand. So we should, you know, try to find how they communicated, because also he says they must have used, like, a communication room, because why i don't know but we're supposed to be looking for like a communication room don't you have a room in your house (laughs) where you do all your communicating yeah like let's be clear (laughs) this is 2008 and cell phones definitely exist here now because nancy has one so definitely landlines exist too but we're not looking for just like a phone we're looking for a quote-unquote communication room which is never explained and even when we do find the communication room i don't understand the purpose of it there's just a Um, computer in there it's literally just a computer anyway so so we're supposed to try to find that he also tells us try to find out like who who they were working with whatever (laughs) so okay he does tell us about hollister someone that Marlo mentioned in passing earlier. Um, And he tells us that Hollister was a clue bender who specialized in history and mechanics. And he also designed those tunnels. So that's what Marlo was referencing. But they say that like Cornelius Abernathy before him, he tried to sell the tome. And when he was discovered, he disappeared. Okay. Mm. So we've got a couple mysterious figures here. We've got Dr. Armstrong and Hollister. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah okay anyway <laughs> so we go to talk to James the guy that has the snow plow and he tells us that you know it's an island kind of a small town he knows everyone here he's you know he knows every single person on this island so if he saw a stranger like he would know immediately like this person is an outsider right um, and he tells us that the only outsiders on this island that he's seen recently are Greg and us. Hmm. What about Rachel? Rachel's hmm. new to this as well, isn't she? That's suspicious. Um, but then we also get a call from Greg asking us to meet him and Rachel at a cafe in the village to compare notes or talk about something. They have something to say to us, right? So we get to the cafe and we're like, oh, hey, Greg, where's Rachel? Oh, Rachel didn't come. She's busy. I don't know whatever he makes fun of her for being a flaky sorority girl and i doubt rachel even knew about this meeting i think greg just arranged it to get us there to spend time with nancy mm-hmm. does she call him out on that yeah no she totally okay, does that's okay. why i made a note of it because she's like that's not very nice greg yeah and i was like yeah go nancy <laughs> i was really appreciative of that moment <laughs> Well, and then he says, sorry, I get nervous on dates, and that's why I'm acting like this. Um, This is not a date. Thankfully, Saved by the Bell, sort of, it's Ned, he calls us. um, But we're going to ignore the phone call. 
Oh, we asked Greg why he asked us here. He tells us that he found a piece of paper with a coded message out on, there's like this catwalk balcony thing outside of Marlo's room um, at the, the mansion. And he said it looked like there was something behind this like dead end on the catwalk wall, but he didn't know how to move this wall, right? Uh, and then James calls us and tells us that he has gotten the snowplow fixed and he's able to clear the path to the Abernathy place that's up the road. Um, so we're going to head over there now. We get there and we ring the doorbell and we're greeted by this older woman named Jillian Abernathy, who seems to already know about Nancy's presence on this island. Um, and she tells us that she also knows about the secret society saying that, no, they're not as secret as they think that they are. Honestly, though, I could have told you that. All right. <laughs> Carson tells us that at the very yeah, beginning. he knew about them. From the very beginning. It's not a secret. They're in history books. Right. <laughs> um, but she also tells us that this society ruins lives as well. Her father, Cornelius Abernathy, was actually in the society. And also Hollister and Dr. Armstrong were in the society as well. Um, and he went to the lighthouse one day and just never came back. Um, we asked her about this Produxy Guild? Is that the right pronunciation? Yes, but this is where I totally don't understand where this came. This came out of totally left field for me. I was like, what the heck? Where where did we hear about the Produxy Guild before? I feel like someone, I don't remember who, but someone like said that word but didn't explain who they were or what it was. And then we get there hmm. and we're like, oh, you must be the Produxy Guild. Why would Nancy make that assumption or whatever? But she tells us that Produxy means to bring into the light. So essentially they are releasing these secrets that the society wants to keep secret. And so they're mm -hmm. a little bit at odds with one another. So after we talk to her, basically we have to go around and find these like music box drum things that are hidden around. <laughs> this honestly took me the longest time because I walked right past it because I didn't realize it was there. And then I was just walking around trying to find it for like three hours. Um, but we have to find these drum things. Um, and there's also torn pieces of the tomes just kind of scattered around the mansion. Um, and we have to use these to open up that brick wall passageway that what's his name sexist was telling us about on the catwalk outside Marla's room. Um, and once we do that, this is where we find the communications room. And inside the communications room, Corey is none other than Rachel. Who huh. would have thought who saw hmm. that coming? All of us. Um, we ask what she's doing there. She tells us, Oh, it's not what, it's lo what it looks like. Uh, I'm talking to daddy. Uh, um. Okay. <laughs> this is weird, too, because Nancy's like, do you mean your father? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm glad Nancy's mind went where my mind went. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you're talking to your father. Let me just clarify that. Your, your father. <laughs> Again, game for 10-year-olds. <laughs> um, so we ask. Why she's not just, like, using the phone to call her father. And she says, oh, all the phones in the manor are bugged. Um, and they even somehow listen in on cell phone calls. I don't know how they do that, but okay. Take your word for it, Rachel. Then we can look around the room a little bit and see, yeah, the only thing we can really look at is this computer thing that basically just exists to solve some coded messages that we found. 
Um, Greg gave us one. And when we like plug it into the computer, we find out that it says, I have news about the tome. Meet me in Dr. Armstrong's waiting room. And then Rachel gives us a message also that I guess she just had or she like just got or something. It says, you're welcome, pumpkin. Sorry, so last minute. Love, D. <laughs> Which I think it's hilarious that they have to abbreviate dad with D. Like yeah. if, if they just wrote dad, that that would somehow be identifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. Rachel says like, hey, please don't tell anybody that I was up here. And then she leaves. So Nancy muses for a second about like, what could the message about Dr. Armstrong's waiting room mean? Um, and she determines that it must mean the lighthouse because we learned from Jillian Abernathy that Dr. Armstrong went into the lighthouse and never came out. So that must be where he's waiting, right? So we go to the lighthouse. Um, when we get down to the docks, we meet this guy named Doyle who James had told us about him earlier. He like has a boat. So we ask him to let us use his boat. And he says, yeah, if you can find my cat. So if you can believe it, regular Drews, we have to get another piece of fish and put it on the stump and wait for a cat again. That this is just the, this is just the way that you catch cats in this town with a, with a piece of fish on a tree stump. Yep. It's just that's that's the that's the method. Um, we have a lot of cats with sticky fingers in this town as well. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, his cat stole the boat keys. That's why I think that's why he needed yeah, a boat. Oh yeah. no, or did his cat just run off? I don't remember. Oh no, you're right. You're right. The cat ran away. He's like, I can't go anywhere until I found my cat. Right. And we're like, you're Which, not going with us. We just need your keys. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Find your cat. Take care of him. Make sure he's okay. But like. All right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, his cat's name is Watson, which is cute. Hell yeah, so, it is. So the guy's name is Doyle, like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, mm -hmm. and his cat's name's Watson, like Sherlock Holmes Watson. Mm -hmm. Very cute. Very cute. And he's wearing like the little the little cloak. Yeah, thing as trench well, coat. Yeah. 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 Um. So once we deal with that, we boat up to the lighthouse. We unlock the door and head upstairs. What do we find up there, Corey? We find a dead body. <laughs> That's been stabbed through the chest. Yeah. Um, but, but by the way, there's no blood. Weird. We'll have to talk about this later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a dead body with a knife sticking through its chest. This game was made for 10-year-olds. Yeah. Take it away. <laughs> yeah. So there's a note like attached to the knife and we look at it and it says nowhere to hide Hollister physician heal thyself. All right. Weird. Um, so we use our scanalyzer and we find that it is Nero's fingerprint on the body or on the note on the body. Um, so we take the note, put that in our inventory. And we also see that there's a telescope in this like top room of the lighthouse. And we look at the telescope and we see that it's pointed directly at the manor. Or no, first, when we look through it, we see that the, the lens is partially blocked and we find another little, like, fragment of a coin. So we remove that coin and then we see, yes, it's it's pointed at the manor. But it's not just pointed at the manor. It's pointed at a specific spot on the roof that also has a telescope on it. Very strange. 
Um, and so then we go back to this pretty much all we can do at the lighthouse. So then we go back to the manor and we find footprints and rut marks on the dock in the snow. Oh no, sorry. That's like at the dock at the lighthouse. Yeah. And then once yeah, we yeah. see the footprints there, so obviously someone else has been here just now and now we can go back to the manor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Nan, <laughs> I don't, I don't get it, Corey. I don't get it. I literally don't get how she got here. I don't understand. <laughs> Nancy makes a deduction that even Sherlock himself would be jealous of. Um, and and realizes that this Hollister person is Dr. Armstrong. That Dr. Armstrong is the pseudonym for Hollister. Um, and they ask us, or we go back and we talk to everyone at the manor. And they ask us how we knew to look at the lighthouse. And we tell them, oh, Jillian Abernathy told us. And they were like, hold on, you've been talking to who? Don't you know that she's the head of the Produxy Guild? Don't trust her. She's trying to bring this society down. Um, and then Marla tells us to run along, Pumpkin. Let the grown-ups talk about this. Um, so we let the grown-ups talk, and we talk to Greg. And after some more disgusting sexism, he tells us that there is a cryptograph on the wall of Nero's room that he couldn't crack. He thought it could, quote-unquote, use a more delicate touch mm. not just more intelligence just no delicate. lady fingers lady yeah. fingers mm-hmm. isn't that a cookie that's a cookie isn't I it? Think so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but before we can actually solve that puzzle we have to go talk to uh jillian abernathy again where she's like how are you and we're like fine how's running the Produxy guild <laughs> Um, she does like this classic villain, um, like lean with her fingers, like in like a steeple under her chin. Um, and after offering us, uh, I never know how you say this. Tabuli. Tabuli. <laughs> for some reason. Um, and she just tells us that she wants to expose the truth about the society. Her grandfather Cornelius wanted this too. And, you know, he died on the run from the society. So, that's what she wants from them. She wants, you know, them to be penniless and on the run, right? So she asks for our help in in doing this. And she offers a, a check for a presumably large sum of money um, to find the tome and bring it back to her. Um, but we ask, wait, so you don't have the tome, Jillian? And she says, no, I don't. I honestly don't. Um, but I do have this page of it that I found. Here you go. As a show of good faith. Whatever. Take this. How does um, she get it? If she found just... it on like a path somewhere. I don't remember where, but I didn't. I was like, I don't care. I think she said <laughs> she was like walking around the manor. Like outside yeah. and found it outside. Like why was she at the manor? I... If y'all are on such like a feud. Like that right there. Suspicious. <laughs> right? Um, so this is the piece... Uh, of the tome that will help us unlock the puzzle that's in Nero's room. So once we go to Nero's room and do that, we find a ladder to the roof um, in Nero's room. Um, But Nero, how is Nero using this? Because he seems to be bound to a wheelchair. Um, We don't know. So who's using this? Um, So we crawl up this ladder and for some reason we have to crawl through vents in the ceiling. At a snail's pace. It's so slow. (laughs) I guess because 
you're actually crawling the ladder into the vents. Does the ladder lead to the vents or does the ladder lead to the roof? I'm confused here as to why we had to do the vents thing. Um, I guess because I just wanted to throw in another maze for yep. some reason. Yep. Um, we find another piece of the tome, another page of the tome in the vents. Um, and it has a drawing of three coins that like lead to a knight, a lady, a horse, and a flame. It's li- literally doesn't matter. Okay. Um, so once we get to the attic, we find this secret room where it looks like somebody's been sleeping. Um, we also find another piece of a torn photo because, oh, yeah, we've been finding pieces of torn photos. And then on the roof, we look through the telescope that we saw from the lighthouse. Looking through the telescope, we are looking at the lighthouse. Um, we also see that something's like obscuring the lens a little bit. So if we pull that off, we find another coin fragment. And once we move that and we look through the light or the telescope again, we see actually when we look at the lighthouse island, there's actually like another smaller island right next to the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Corey. <laughs> we boated to the lighthouse. Yeah. We were boating likely right around the lighthouse yeah Yeah. we didn't notice the island when we were boating there no because then we wouldn't have needed to go through the vents (laughs) we can't make it that easy oh you're up (laughs) Mm, okay all right uh, so after we see that uh, the island next to the lighthouse, Rachel calls us and tells us that everyone is gathering downstairs and we need to come down there right away. Um, so we get downstairs and Mr. Wargrave tells us that the ferry is arriving any minute. Um, you know, it's too late for us to, to try to find this tome. So, you know, it's time for basically everyone to go home. Uh, but Nancy says, no, I'm so close to figuring this out. Just give me a little bit more time. And uh, Miss Loveday says, actually, we've already found out who stole the tome. Um, And she is, you know, in this room. And Nancy's like, she? What are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, we know it's you, Nancy Drew. You're the thief. (sighs) Okay. Uh, And then she's, um, as like her proof or whatever, they show us what Rachel, quote unquote, found in the communications room. Um... Is that what was that that they found? Just the... it's like a it's like a note that says like, okay, so you'll bring me the tome, or it's like a note about the tome, like someone bringing oh, someone okay, a tome. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we find that in the communication room, and obviously it's Nancy's, and then they're well, like, it has her fingerprints on it. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, so they, they're like, what's that in your pocket, Nancy? And they pull this piece of paper out of Nancy's pocket. And what do you know? It's the dollar figure that Mrs. Abernathy offered to Nancy in exchange for the Tom. So we're being set up here, right? Obviously. And Greg is like, Nancy, run, I'll distract them. (laughs) And Nancy's like, but no, I'm innocent. And he goes, it doesn't matter. Just go or no one will ever find the tome. So he tackles Marlo to the ground. He literally tackles him. Literally tackles him. And we run out the front door. Or not the front door. Sorry. The side door. Where guess who is hanging out out there by the snowmobiles? It's Doyle from the docks. The Sherlock Holmes guy with the cat. And he's like, oh, I have this other half of this coin that you need. Do you want it? Also, here's these keys to the snowmobile so you can make your getaway. Um, And also, I have dynamite on me, so I'm going to make this distraction. 
whatever. So he throws the dynamite. He literally this- throws the dynamite, mm-hmm. causes a massive explosion. <sighs> God. And Nancy uses this as her excuse to sneak back into the manor, and we have to, like, do this little timed puzzle thing. Again, quote-unquote puzzle, where you just run in the shadows and no one sees you inside. I I don't understand why. Okay, I was so confused here. I was like, okay, well, he's causing an explosion so that we can get away and probably go to the island by the lighthouse, right? We go back into the manor. Yeah. Why? To, yeah. Because we needed to use the secret passageway to get on the island. We have a boat. Use the boat. Right. Right? <sighs> anyway, yeah. sorry, continue. Okay. No, no, I'm just trying to figure out how to explain this in a way that makes sense because none of it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to do a thousand more mazes, more Plinko, um, and then we... So once we're in the house, we have to find the flame and that leads us to the fireplace. And then we go through the fireplace and this takes us into the secret passageways and there's more mazes. And then this leads us like underwater to the other little mini island. And when we finally get there, there's someone like standing in the shadows on the island. And we're like, he's like, oh, stay back. Who's there? And we're like, who are you? And he's like. Oh, my name is Hollister, but my friends call me Dr. Armstrong. Oh, yeah, that body in the lighthouse. I made that. It was a, what, a robot puppet? Yeah. Yeah. It was a prank? Like, why? (laughs) Why make a fake dead body? And how did Nancy not notice immediately that this was not a real person? Whatever. So, yeah, he, that's his thing, is, like, making... Mm Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't He's know. apparently so good at it that he almost one time got a robot as a sitting member of parliament. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, you ought to suspend your disbelief for the game. Of course, he says he did. He must have done it. Uh, okay. Well, he tells us that there is something that the clue benders don't want anyone to know, or that he knew something the clue benders didn't want anyone to know. So he, you know, when he found this out, he decided to hide to keep himself safe. Obviously the best place to hide is directly next to the place that you're trying to avoid, whatever. Uh, And then he gives us a little piece of torn paper and said, here, this will help you. Um, And it ends up being the last piece that we need for that photo that we've been finding little pieces of all over the island or whatever. And when we see something in this photo and we say, no wonder he has to stay hidden. (sighs) so we immediately call sergeant joanna kim i think kim's her last name i think so yeah and um she asked we ask her to meet us on the island and she's like sure there's a gps tracker in the scanalyzer i'll find you of course there is okay great so we go back to the manor and Nancy says, I'm back. I'm here to expose the true culprit. Um, and they're like, oh, can't wait to hear what kind of, you know, crackpot story you have for us now or whatever. And Nancy says, I actually know secrets about all of you. All of them are shocking. Um, but only one of you is a criminal. Or what? I don't remember what she says. Yeah, but really she tells dramatic. us that 
she figured out that Marlo is Rachel's father um, because she noticed she was wearing a new necklace the day after Marlo said he was getting a present for his child. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she says, okay, so he and Rachel were working together to try to recover the tome um, and try to get Rachel a spot in the society. Nepotism rears its ugly head. Right. She also says she figured out that Nero actually isn't bound to the wheelchair because we found his footprints at the lighthouse. So she suspects that he uses the... We are, we are going to have to talk about this in depth. Uh, mm-hmm. She suspects that he uses the wheelchair to spend more time with Miss Loveday because I guess they're in love with each other? What? Does that have anything to do with anything? I'm so confused by this. I also don't understand how she got to this conclusion. What about... I'm sorry. What about being in a wheelchair means you get to spend more time with someone? Uh, it doesn't. I don't... I didn't get that. I don't get it. Why? Why? What? Also, there's literally... Uh, there's... There's nothing that says that they're together or that they're even that there's anything between them. There's nothing. It's just Nancy just says it, so it must yeah. be true, right? They just make this weird little love side plot for um, no reason. Yeah. Um. And then we show our trump card, um, which is the photo of what we find out is the Abernathys, and in the picture we see Jillian and her two parents and Jillian's twin brother Julius who happens to be a splitting image of Sideburns, um, a.k.a. Dr. Wargrave. So I guess from this, now we know that it was Wargrave who stole the tome because he's actually an Abernathy and the Abernathys hate the secret society. So he worked his way into the upper ranks of the secret society in order to get access to the tome and then steal its secrets. Um, he actually even framed Hollister and told the society that Hollister was the one selling secrets. Of course, Wargrave denies all of this, but everyone believes us now. And, you know, we say Wargrave is actually the only one who even looked in the tome box. He's the one who said it was missing. So we know that the tome box is, or the tome is still in the tome box. And we actually find it in a book on hunting because (laughs) Jillian told us that everyone in the Abernathy family was a vegetarian. That's why she offered us tabbouleh. Yeah. It's so weird. (laughs) And Wargrave did this whole thing this, he he created this whole competition or whatever to set up and frame whoever was going to be the first person to find the box. He, you know, he he took our letter at the beginning that had our fingerprints on it, and that's what he wrote the um, that framing message on it from apparently Jillian Abernathy to us. We're like, no, actually, that's a letter from like that's our original letter that's written in invisible ink. Um, Mm -hmm. so that that would disappear and then he could write whatever he wanted to write on it. Um, and he's like, you can't prove that. And you're like, actually we can, because there's a message from Ned on the back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and Ned actually does something useful for once. Thank you, Ned. (laughs) Can you believe? Thank you. Um, and then Joanna shows up gun in hand and says, nice work, Nancy. And then Corey. <laughs> this is where things really 
if they weren't weird yet yeah (laughs) then Corey nancy asks joanna she says did i pass Hmm. and we're like what what do you mean nancy she says, why would a secret society who's existed for hundreds of years keep all their secrets in one book? Great question. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and why <laughs> would they let, you know, just anybody look at this book without a background check? I would argue that they didn't, but okay. Yeah. Um, she says, you guys are good, but actually, I know that all of this, the production guild, the frame job, all of it has just been a test. And then out of nowhere, Armstrong slash Hollister pops up like behind our back with like a smile on his face, like literally like over our shoulder and go like, you passed with flying colors, Nancy. And so... Um, they ask her, how did you figure it out? How did you know that all of this wasn't real? Mm -hmm. Um, and she says, well, obviously, uh, I realized because Joanna had to have been the one to nominate me. Right. And so, you know, she knew about all of this ahead of time. And so I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, do you, you, you go for it. Um, okay, so Nancy asks them, is the Produxy Guild actually this evil organization? And they're like, no. Um, actually, we're both kind of on the same team. We both legitimately exist, but we're not enemies. We don't have any sort of feud. Um, actually, we are the ones who uncover the secrets, and then we turn them over to the Produxy Guild, who will then decide how, when, why, what, what is the most responsible way to release these secrets out into the world, if, if at all, if we're going to let them out. Um, but yeah, we're actually all on the same side. And Nancy's like, oh, well, in that case, that guy Doyle that's outside, the guy with the cat, he's one of you too, right? Then the guy that's been helping me. And they're like, who are you talking about? There has never been anyone in this society by that name. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and then... then- Hard cut. Yeah, we just have this cut scene and we are, we surprise Ned. He does not expect us to be back already. And she's like, oh, I couldn't stay away from your etymology project or whatever. Let's make (laughs) out under this tree. And then that's the end of the game. (laughs) There is an amazing zinger at the end of it, though, that she gives him that is hilarious because she she says like, um, oh, you didn't have to worry about Greg, which... I don't know how he would have known about Greg at all because it's not like she spoke to him and told him about Greg, but whatever. She's like, oh, you never needed to worry about Greg Um, because who needs tall, dark, and handsome? I have you. (laughs) Oh, I do remember that. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So basically, Nancy, it's like you're you're (laughs) short, white, and ugly. See, this is why I kind of, okay, so for our listeners, I was texting Becky yesterday right after I finished the game, and I was like, wait, with that weird cutscene right after we find out that Doyle was not a real person, and then we go straight to Ned knowing things that happened inside the mansion that we didn't tell him, Um, I was like, is that a weird implication? Are they trying to tell us that Ned was actually here the entire time, (laughs) dressing up as Doyle, giving us clues? First of all, that would never happen. Ned is not competent enough to give us clues to solve things. It was just, it was just very weird how it was cut, and that's, 
it's not that, but it just, I was like, wait, is that what they're trying to do? I don't think so, but is it? So I don't know. Maybe, yeah, it was just weird. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, yeah, it's truly, it's truly bananas. And there really isn't any good way to explain it and to even attempt to discuss the plot holes in this because. There's it's no an, plot, really. It's a giant plot I mean, there hole. Is, the whole but... thing is a plot hole. Like, there's not a single part of it that actually makes sense. Except no. for the fact that, um, I guess, vegetarians sometimes eat tabbouleh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't tabbouleh a vegetarian dish? Yes. No, okay. yeah, I was just saying that's the only thing that makes sense. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like... <laughs> It doesn't make sense that their entire family is vegetarian. It doesn't make sense that this happens no, on an island. It doesn't make sense that there is somehow a tunnel underwater in this island, like under the ocean. Right. Um, it doesn't make sense that there are like these symbols written on the tome and that those symbols open boxes that we didn't no existed like that aren't in in the mansion like where did they come they were just sitting on the road and james ran over one with a snowplow why was it out there why why did sideburns <laughs> decide to put watery footprints in the hall and and run out through this secret passageway knock marlo over the head and yeah. and escape into town for, for what reason for what reason? There's no reason. Why is Rachel going to the communication room to send messages to her father, who is also in the manor with her? Yeah. Because, by the way, it's Marlo. So why don't they just write, pass each other notes, or speak to each other in person? Because they're both there. Why? Why? How how are they communicating if you have to go to the communications room to receive the communications? I don't know. I don't know. That's so weird. Why is there a like laboratory in the middle of like a hallway that also has like a sitting area <sighs> and um like a massive microscope, I think, and yeah. like and and I just, I just, why, why is there a drum puzzle, a music box puzzle in the middle of the hallway that opens a secret panel on an outside wall of yeah. the manor that you can only access through Marlo's room anyway? Wait, is it Marlo's room? I don't know. Someone's room anyway. I don't know room whose anyway. room is why. I... And and how does how does nobody else know about this? How old are these people? How long have they been living here? What, how long has this secret society existed? Well, surely it's existed since 1666. And yet somehow, somehow, these people are the only ones here? And they're yeah. all somehow like the same age. And... They all know everything about the mansion. I just... 
None of so, it makes sense, Corey. <laughs> Marlo, rather than just like inviting his daughter to be a member, sets all this up so that they could. Uh, okay. He decides that the whoever finds the tone box first is the person that they're going to wrongly accuse. And then that person is supposed to, you know, go through all of it to figure out that all of it's that, a lie. That's right. Fake. <laughs> so why invite his daughter if he's going to like turn around? Like, let's say she'd found the box. Was he going to accuse her and like <laughs> make it a whole thing? And then wouldn't she have already known half the secrets because she knows who the Abernathys are because she's an Abernathy? Like, <laughs> well, and if he if he really did want her to have this place on the secret society and he knew that this was all a test, why didn't he just tell her that? Yeah. And be like, hey, go up to Wargrave, tell him you know that this is all a test, that none of this is real. Tell him this, this, and this about the Produxy Guild, this, this, and this about um, Armstrong slash Hollister. Yeah. You're in. <laughs> Or maybe she was, like, acting. Like, maybe she was in on all of it, you know? Like, maybe oh. they only invited her along to be like, we need you to play this role in this, and you're mm-hmm. going to make Nancy believe that you're doing this. And then what happened to Greg in the end? Were they just yeah. like, screw you, Greg, you're out, because you tackled somebody, and then... Well, oh, I'm so confused now. Yeah. I mean, was Greg even a part of it then, or were both he and Rachel in on it? But then what's the point of doing any of it if you only yeah. have one candidate? Honestly. Well, to see if she's worthy. Okay. But clearly she's worthy if she was nominated. Carson told us that we're worthy, so we know. <laughs> <laughs> My daddy said I'm special. He's so special. <laughs> yeah. Golly. Golly. I mean, what, did anybody think about this before they decided to put it out into the world? Like, did anybody, did anybody sit in a room with whoever wrote this and be like, so. What? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, this is supposedly the best one of the four oh. DS games. I had such this high hopes. This is the best? I had such high hopes. I am terrified to play the other three now. Oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna. What a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, because oh, well. <laughs> it was not fun. It was not fun. It's actively painful, and I wanted it to be over. Yeah. Desperately. Um, the okay. worst her interactive game is better than this. So, and yes. that's saying something. If you can get through Midnight in Salem, Honestly, it will be a blessing compared to this. This is what I thought in my brain. I was like, is it better than Midnight in Salem? Or Shattered Medallion. Shattered oh, oh, Shattered Medallion bad. is way better. It's oh, yeah. leagues ahead of this. Yeah. Leagues. Um, I think it comes to a close par with Midnight in Salem for me. Okay, fair enough. I think the only reason why is because uh, Midnight in Salem had lore, had backstory, True. had interactions with characters that were like, significant like you had actual conversations with people this game had none of that but this game had navigation and puzzles that like you could actually do yeah the navigation was a lot better than midnight in salem you just couldn't you couldn't successfully go anywhere and do anything um so 
Yeah. So I, I equate them. I put them on the same level in that regard. Yeah. But no, no, it's awful. Don't do it. Don't do it to yourselves. Just, just save yourself the time. Just play another, play a her interactive game you've played before and you will yeah. have a better time. You can play <laughs> Treasure on the Tracks, the DS game with yeah. the party boys. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You should play it as well, Becky. It's I'm, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. It's, um, the navigation's pretty tedious because, again, you're just going back and forth up and down a train car or multiple train cars. But, I mean, I just, I got to say, I love me a Hardy Boys mystery on yeah. a train. I, you can't beat it. How can yeah. you? So. <laughs> Not to okay. compare it too much to other things, but what do you got? Let's talk about Ned for a second. Okay. Yes, yes. Because... She very much compares him to Greg at the end. Well, I just want to talk about how Ned looks in this game and how Ned is represented in this game. Mm -hmm. First of all, entomology? Where the heck did that come from? I don't know. Since when is Ned a bug guy? And why... (laughs) Why did we feel the need to put that in the game? Couldn't it have just been like a vague, I'm going to go work on this school project you promised to help me, Nancy? Right. No, we get it. We have to mention the fact that it's bugs. Maybe this is like some callback to the first game that we just don't know about. But Maybe. like, <laughs> just thought it was way out of left field. Second of all, Ned is like a blonde, shaggy haired, like surfer dude vibe in this. Not, not what I pictured with Ned. Not what I pictured. Definitely not the clean cut football player um honestly tall dark and handsome because that's what ned is supposed to be right yeah yeah so i thought that was really interesting an interesting portrayal and honestly i wasn't super mad about it or anything i i thought it was it was interesting um but i was definitely surprised by it but i do think it's interesting that we had to put him in contrast with gregorio Mm -hmm. um (laughs) What a name, by the way. Um, <laughs> and that Gregorio is supposed to be the tall, dark, and handsome one. Um, mm. Which, not getting that vibe, but maybe it's just because he was so creepy that I couldn't. Fair enough. I, could, I couldn't get past that part of it. I don't know. <laughs> he acts really jealous as well, even at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen? Do you not you trust know, Nancy? I kind of appreciate the relationship drama of it. Okay. Like, if only Greg were not creepy and, like, actually nice to Nancy and it, it was actually, like, complicated for us as the player to, like, actually, like, you know, we like Greg, but Ned, oh, but Ned, you know, so we yeah. have that internal struggle instead it's like yeah fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) um yeah let's go let's go home to ned you know but if if we could have that like oh maybe nancy likes greg a little bit you know that would that would have been fun that would have been fun it would have um but so i appreciate for the attempt you know the attempt at that because i do like a little relationship drama in my games i think it makes for uh, a spicy playthrough you know Sure. When, when, when the romantic interest shows up, it's like, ooh, they're here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I made a note. So we get the teeniest, tiniest, itty-bitty little amount of Bess in this game. I think she gets 
one sentence um, mm-hmm. right before she's about to leave. She's like just hanging out in Nancy's room and we say goodbye to her or whatever. Um, but she tells us, uh, or Nancy tells Vess, keep an eye on Ned for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean, Corey? I don't does know. it mean, one, she doesn't trust Ned, very likely. Right. Or does it mean something even more scandalous? Mm-hmm. And that she wants Bess to, quote unquote, look after Ned while she's out of town. <laughs> Take care of him for me. <laughs> <laughs> Bess, you could do so much better. Yeah. Although, we've said this before. We've said this before. I do think uh, Bess and Ned would be great together. Better than Nancy and Ned would be. Or mm-hmm. are. I mean, they Definitely. are, I guess. Definitely. <laughs> That's true. So I thought that was a fun little nod to that. Oh, okay. So the gross jokes about Nero and their disability, I guess. Although, I guess not because they weren't actually, they didn't actually need the wheelchair. Did they obtain the wheelchair for this whole plot that they set up? Like, was that... Oh, oh my is. god, I didn't even think about that. That's awful. I mean, oh. not everyone who uses a wheelchair is completely bound to it, obviously. Sure. But like Sure, but to imply that he's never needed it. Yeah. Or that he's only using it for the attention of Miss Love Day or whatever her name is. Well, and to like create this persona and put on this act, like for the f- for the for something that's not real like for right. like the, why 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 do why? these grown adults not have anything better to do than to set this up elaborate tricks on nancy drew honest <laughs> to god what the hell like why like why did mm-hmm. anybody do this what a waste! what a colossal waste of time does Nancy decide to join them in the end? Is it any of it even worth yeah. it? I she think does. she does. I okay. think so. But we don't, yeah, with, with such the hard cut, we don't really get it. That's true. Yeah. So who knows? Why would they do that? If you were them, or if you were Nancy, would you want to join them? Like after they put no. you through all that? I no. would run away so fast. I'd like, be like, you guys are you guys. crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go solve real mysteries. Okay. You have fun making them up and doing your little play acting. Your little secret book. I'm going to like go solve some real mysteries. Mm -hmm. So have fun with your fake secrets. Also, if this is what they spend their time doing, what secrets are in that tome? What, What secrets could they possibly have in the tome? And what secrets are the Produxy Guild sending out into the world and how? I mean, like, it's just so painful just to think about. (laughs) Their secrets can spontaneously combust the town of London, (laughs) but not have any impact since then, so don't worry. But also, they're active enough that this has to be going on. What? What? Like, what is it? What are these people doing? What do they do? I know they're supposed to be detectives. What are they detecting? Where? where? But it's strongly implied that they live at this mansion. Yeah. Right? Well, they all like, have, they like, each their own have rooms. Yeah. yeah. 
So they're just living on this little island. Well, where? what mysteries are they solving? They're not out in the world. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so confused. So confused. Maybe they're all retired and bored in retirement. And they're like, let's make stuff up. But they're the only ones in the guild, supposedly. It's four people. Or five, right? I guess, if you count Dr. Armstrong. Yeah. Or six, if you count uh, Jillian Abernathy, if she's actually well, in she's it. she's in the production she actually, guild. Is she actually, or was she just pretending to be? I think she's actually in the production okay. guild. I Fair think, enough. I think so. But, like... Yeah, like what? I'm surprised How? the Produxy Guild was even real at the end. That they were like, "Oh yeah, we made that up to see if you would like, you know, Willy Wonka style. Like, will you sell the secrets?" And like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 no, no, it's just bananas. It's I don't <sighs> really painful, really painful to play, even more painful to talk about somehow. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I, I... <laughs> okay, you know what? Let's talk more about the portrayal of Nancy in this a oh, little okay. bit. Yeah. Because I think ultimately my issue with it is that it's like such not a Nancy Drew game. Like I feel like I would have had more fun even with it being terrible if I felt like I was playing an Nancy Drew game, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, at least then I would maybe like appreciate, oh, Nancy's going to go do this, or Nancy said this, that's really funny, or this is how Nancy interacted with this person. But it absolutely was not Nancy Drew. Right. Like, um, and not just in the like physical depiction, which whatever, Nancy would never have hair down to her butt that's incredibly impractical who would ever do that um <laughs> especially when you're traveling around can you think about the time that it would take to dry your hair that's insane oh my um, gosh <laughs> but but aside from that like she just doesn't act like nancy drew she acts like an airhead half the time mm -hmm. and she calls the fingerprint scandalized this is silly and little but this was just immediately turned me off i was like okay this is not nancy drew she calls the fingerprint scandalizer a doohickey <laughs> like, nancy would never be that nancy would never say that like what is that <laughs> she would use the the correct term um, I mean, she might have questions. She might say, oh, well, what does this device do? But she wouldn't call it a doohickey. No. She's like, this doohickey? Ah! Simon and Schuster, why did you give out your license for this? Because they paid them. Well, fair. But, like, <laughs> did no one look at this and say, hmm, yeah. I don't know if we want our name on this? Yeah. I feel really bad saying that. I feel so mean to say, but it's not yeah. wrong. No, it's true, though. Um, and honestly, this is from 2008. I'm sure Majesco has since moved past. I'm sure Majesco has other fine games. Um, I just Googled them, think... actually. They're doing app games now. Oh, so I'm well, sure they are. Yeah, I'm sure like... they're fine. But, like, this this is not one of them. And also, it's not an Nancy Drew game. Like, it no. could have been so much better if we had just made it entirely separate to that universe and right. you could have made your own jokes and your own things and sure make an airhead make barbie detective games that's fine do that mm. but like <laughs> don't try to co-opt 
the name of Nancy Drew when you're not, when you don't know what you're doing. You know what right. I mean? When you don't put any effort into it at all, it seems like. That's maybe unfair. They definitely put effort into it, but it's like, oh, what yeah, they, were you I smoking? Mean, they, <laughs> all the effort went into the environment because, yeah. y'all, it's yeah. massive. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, it was fine. Like, it was all pretty. It's yeah. just too big. It took too long to navigate. It took yeah. too long to get from A to B. That made me think, okay, so with the scanalyzer thing, sometimes it already has, like, the person's fingerprint like on file so if you scan the fingerprint it'll be like oh this is so-and-so's fingerprint yeah. sometimes it'll be like oh we don't have this person's on file um you know and then it'll just like put them in a list and whenever you do find out who it is it'll like match it right we never no yeah <laughs> we never find out who those fingerprints are if it was an unidentified person because we don't take anyone's fingerprints at any mm-hmm. point in this game mm-hmm. we literally how do we know that it's Nero's fingerprint? We've never compared this to anything that we know Nero has touched. Like, we nope. don't know. I don't think None we ever this. find at the end who some of these fingerprints were. I mean, we can assume. It also literally doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't right. influence anything. Even when we do find Nero's fingerprint on, like, what we assume is, like, an actual literal dead body, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't tell us anything. Because... It doesn't tell us to investigate Nero. Greg tells us, hey, go to Nero's room. There's that thing in there that I don't know what to do with it. Like, (laughs) so we didn't even need it. That's true. It doesn't tell us anything else. It doesn't help Hmm. us with anything else. No. So why why was the whole conceit of this game, why did it begin with the fingerprint scanalyzer? What was the point? Right, and we're only meeting up with this sergeant lady, what is her name, Joanna, so that we can obtain Get this it. scanalyzer. Like, she meets, she's like, I need to meet with you. Okay, here's what's going on. Have this device. Okay. So is this <laughs> supposed to specifically help us with the tone thing? It doesn't. It doesn't. Does she, like, selectively program in certain members' fingerprints and not others? Because, like, Miss Loveday's in there, but mm. not Nero. Maybe mm. that's how it works, and that's how they explain it away. I don't know, but... Yeah. That reminds me. The dead body that we see in the lighthouse. <laughs> what is that yeah. about? I... At first, when I saw it, of course, because I didn't know it was a robot at the first sighting of it, I was incredibly shocked. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. A stabbed body like there was a knife through it and i was like okay well they didn't show any blood so that must be where the you know srb rating came right from, but yeah <laughs> but like still like that's incredibly hardcore even for me yeah. i'm like we have to go take the note that's been stabbed into this dead body yeah i don't want to touch that <laughs> i don't want to see that like no, no. like Blood. wow wow but yeah, but once you learn, but then once you learn that it's a robot, it's like, oh, okay. Well, so that's why they could show it because it wasn't really a dead person. Right. But, what but robot then it's like, looks wait. like a dead body. But then it's like, wait. <laughs> how, 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 yeah, how did Nancy not know that it was a robot? There is a knife sticking into it. So surely you could... <laughs> 
you Nancy as Nancy would would question that there was no blood. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right away. Like I know Our that, Nancy would. I don't know about this Nancy, but I know that like we as the audience aren't supposed to see blood because it's a kids game. Right. But like if Nancy goes up to a dead body and sees a stabbed body and there's no blood, she's not like, "Oh, that's normal." Right. <laughs> No, Nancy would be digging that knife out and looking around. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, gross. Oh, that's so weird. <laughs> it's very weird to think about. It's also incredibly weird to think about the fact that this guy made a full-on, like, super realistic robot to fake his own death for for no for a fake premise mm-hmm. to find out if Nancy Drew is worthy to join a secret society. The cost alone. He building made a, a robot. whole robot. He made a whole robot to tr- to try to see to to pretend. <laughs> I just can't even. You can literally can't even describe it because it doesn't make any sense. On he the did off that, chance that she goes to the lighthouse. And 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 and, and <laughs> I'm like tripping over my own words because I'm so so confused <laughs> by this. He does this so that Nancy will find it. And think that it is Hollister slash Dr. Armstrong who is dead. But then later find out that it's not him. And that actually he's still alive. So. Oh, and, and then, he had to fake his own death then, because the society's out for him. But really, he's in the society. Yeah. What? You built a whole robot for that? Oh. That's a lot of acid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so right. So, Corey, (laughs) what would your flashlight score of this game be? Um, okay, so obviously this is no more than one flashlight, but the question is, do we go into negative flashlights for the okay, first time ever? I have this question for you, because I was trying to think about it. I was like, oh my god, what possible flashlight score could I give this fucking game? Yeah. And then it made me think about our rating scale. So my my question to you is... Do we have a zero flashlight rating? Is this a oh. zero to five flashlights or is this a one to five rating? I don't know. I'd always, well, we, I don't know if we've ever, have we done a one before? I don't think so. I think the lowest we've gone is probably like two. Two. Okay. I, yeah. I, I assume that it was a one, but I don't see any reason why we can't do zero as our lowest. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Honestly. Okay. So if zero is our lowest then I would give this game a 0. 0.5. Okay, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. It's hard because you don't want to compare it to books or to mm. PC games. Corey, you have to. I mean, you have to. It's hard, but you have to, and it's zero flashlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. The only reason why I give it a 0.5 is because it was at least funny. And there were okay. like in it's like a ridiculous way. Right. So there were moments where I did laugh. So I can't say that I got zero enjoyment out of it. 
because I did laugh. And there were moments where I felt like, oh, that's a nice um, parallel that like made me think like, okay, so they, they know something about Nancy Drew, right? So like they understood her relationship with Carson and they kind of understood her relationship with Ned and the fact that like she flakes out on him and there's like this weird contentious thing between her and other guys. So they get that it's like not always like a smooth sailing relationship with her and Ned. So with that, I was like, okay, they, they understand it a little bit. They should have, you know, taken it farther or maybe also not less and maybe also less far at the same time, but there was some understanding there. So that's why I give it a 0.5, but in all other aspects, no, it was awful. The puzzles were awful. The stupid music in the back was awful. The sexism was blatant and gross and creepy and did not make me feel good. There was no exchange with the characters. Like we never got to speak to the characters right we in never the game, got to really? like interview suspects nothing yeah yeah and i was like i would like to know more about i don't know what the fuck oral pathology whatever that is like yeah. let me talk to whoever about their special fields or whatever or talk about some of the puzzles that we're finding in the mansion like maybe they could give us some fucking hints yeah. please god <laughs> but like you know like but no no none of that so yeah uh i won't say i didn't enjoy it at all because i mean the zero flashlights would imply that i liked it at the very beginning i like the idea of like it's a nancy drew game i've never played before so i'm gonna give it a chance and then i was like oh this is a good size map i didn't expect to be able to explore a whole house and then it just got worse and worse and worse and like you're saying like with the puzzles like we find out oh we have this expert audiology puzzleology whatever whatever and like oh okay so maybe at some point we'll get like to really explore what that means and then we'll get to do like a type of puzzle for each one of their like areas of expertise and then it'll be great that's what i was thinking yeah and then it just never happened yeah and then that ending just took away from everything like whoa what (laughs) so literally none of it mattered literally none of it mattered it it doesn't matter that it didn't make sense because it wasn't supposed to make sense okay yeah (laughs) yeah so but that makes it make even less sense so (laughs) yeah we gave it a chance and that's all we can do we sure did we sure did you know i i have to say i am sad a little sad that we are wrapping up our, you know, game, our little section of games here for now to move on for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am also a little bit happy <laughs> because I am very excited to get back to some books. Right, yeah. Corey? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm looking forward to discovering some like plots written by like people who know how to write, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that. So yeah. So next time, Corey, do you want to yes. share what we'll be doing? So, um, so after this, we are going to move on to more books, but it is a special episode number 35 for us. So what way to be more special than to do Secret of the Old Clock, the very first mm-hmm. Nancy Drew book ever. And do you want to tell them what else we're doing with that episode? Yes, we are very, very excited to actually be in conversation um, with another podcast out there called River Heights Buzz. 
So we're super excited to share that with y'all. It will actually come in two parts. Um, so we'll have uh, the first part will be over on River Heights Buzz channel, and the second part will be on ours. So you'll have to go over there um, to hear both of them. Um, but yeah, we're very excited for it. Mm -hmm. But go check them out either way, because they're a great podcast as well. Yes, but. yes. <laughs> so yeah, join, join us and River Heights Buzz for Secret of the Old Clock next time. Yes, and we'll see you then, regular Drews. Bye. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at RegularNancyDrew and Twitter at RegularND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.